What's your name? Millie. How old are you? Four. And why is Jesus better than anything else? Because he created the world. Being a kid isn't easy. You know you're supposed to be good, and sometimes you feel like you're doing a great job. But then the next minute, you do something wrong again. That's why we need Jesus and to remember the good news of the gospel every day. Not just the part about when Jesus came to earth, but God's rescue plan from before he even created the world and the hope of living with him forever so that we can see through every story in the Bible why Jesus is better than anything else and why he wants you to join him. I'm so glad to see you. And it looks like you've brought someone with you today. Oh, yeah, my sister, uh, Brooke. Oh, hey, Brooke. Hi. I'm so glad you got to go with, go with your brother on the aquarium bus and come and visit me today. Are you going to listen to our Bible story, too? Yes. Okay. Well, um... Finn and Brooke, I've heard that you've been helping your mom cook lately. So, Finn, what have you been making? Um, eggs. Yum. Do do Brooke and River like them? Yeah. How about you, Brooke? What have you been cooking with your mom lately? Tomato soup. Tomato soup? Oh, that seems like that would be kind of challenging to eat underwater. Yeah, I make the grilled cheese sandwiches. Oh, nice. Well, in the last episode, we talked about the shepherd prophet named Amos, whose job was to call the northern tribes of Israel to repent. This time, we're going to talk about a prophet you've probably heard about in Sunday school. But unlike many of the other prophets, this prophet didn't want to do his job at all. In fact, He wanted the people not to repent. It would be like a doctor who wanted his patients to get sicker or even die. Do you think the boys and girls have figured out who this prophet is? Uh, Jonah? Hey, if you guess Jonah, then you're right. Jonah. That's right. He prophesied during the reign of the second Jeroboam, who was one of the kings of the north. And it's a good thing we aren't looking for human heroes in all these stories, because in this one, there certainly wouldn't be one. So let's pay attention to what the true hero in this story does. He starts by sending a message to Jonah, saying, Go to the great city of Nineveh. Preach against it because of the people's sins. Now, do you know what kind of people lived in Nineveh? Um, Assyrians? That's right. Now, the Assyrians weren't the ones with the most power at this point. Actually, the Israelites were pretty powerful. Babylon. Nope. Not yet. What? God was allowing the Israelites to take back a lot of land from their enemies when Jeroboam Jr. was king. And the Assyrians had lots of other enemies fighting against them and even had famine in a lot of their land. And God chose that time to send a prophet to tell them to turn from their sins and turn to God. So Jonah packs his bag and rushes to a ship sailing for Nineveh, right? 
Ah, uh, yeah. Wrong. Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. Spain. So he went down to the port of Joppa and found a ship that was going to Tarshish. He paid the fare and went on board. Then he sailed for Tarshish. He was running away from the Lord. He was supposed to go to Tarshish. That's right. But the Lord sent a strong wind over the Mediterranean Sea. A wild storm came up. It was so wild that the ship was in danger of breaking apart. All the sailors were afraid. Each one cried out to his own God for help. They threw the ship's contents into the sea to make the ship lighter. And Jonah was right there with them, tossing over the cargo, right? No. He was... That's right. He'd gone below deck, and he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went down to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call out to your God for help. Maybe he'll pay attention to what's happening to us. Then we won't die. They thought they would die. Yeah. The sailors were saying to one another, Someone is to blame for getting us into all this trouble. Come on, let's cast lots to find out who it is. Actually, I think they just pull, pull, he gets some uh, straw, and whoever picked the shortest straw. We don't know exactly how they cast lots, but they did, and Jonah was picked. They asked him, what terrible thing have you done to bring all this trouble on us? Tell us, what do you do for a living? Where do you come from? What is your country? What people do you belong to? I'm one of the most powerful people on earth. (laughs) He answered, I'm a Hebrew. I worship the Lord, the God of heaven. He made the sea and the dry land. When he told them that he was running away from the Lord, they became terrified. They asked him, How could you do a thing like that? Um, because I want to do. The sea was getting rougher and rougher. I think I'll turn green. So they asked him, What should we do to make the sea calm down? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied. Then it will become calm. I know it's my fault that this terrible storm has come on you. So the men chucked him into the water, right? Not right away. Ah. Yeah, you guys already know what it's like to be in the water. Yeah, it's not that bad. Uh, For a fish. Isn't in the water. (laughs) The men didn't do what he said. Instead, they did their best to row back to land. But they couldn't. The sea got even rougher than before. So they cried out to their false gods again, right? Oh, no. They... No, they cried out to the Lord. They prayed, Please, Lord, don't let us die for taking this man's life. After all, he might not be guilty of doing anything wrong. So don't hold us responsible for killing him. Lord, you always do what you want to. 
Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard. <laughs> and the stormy sea became calm. When the men saw what had happened, they began to have great respect for the Lord. They offered a sacrifice to him and made promises to him. And then that was the end of Jonah, right? Hmm. No, he got... <laughs> the Lord sent a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. <laughs> From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, When I was in trouble, I called out to the Lord, and he answered me. When I was deep in the place of the dead, I called out for help, and you listened to my cry. You threw me deep into the Mediterranean Sea. I was deep down in its waters. They were all around me. All your rolling waves were sweeping over me. I said, I have been driven away from you, but I will look again toward your holy temple in Jerusalem. I had almost drowned in the waves. The deep waters were all around me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. I sank down to the bottom of the mountains. I thought I had died and gone down into the grave forever. But you are the Lord my God. You brought my life up from the very edge of the pit of death. When my life was nearly over, I remembered you, Lord. My prayer rose up to you. It reached you in your holy temple in heaven. Some people worship the worthless statues of their gods. They turn away from God's love for them. But I will sacrifice a thank offering to you, and I will shout with thankful praise. I will do what I have promised. I will say, Lord, you are the one who saves. Then the Lord gave the fish a command, and it spit Jonah up onto dry land. Okay, so now Jonah's going to see how much God loves the people of Nineveh and hope that the Lord saves them, right? Um, yeah. Well, when the message from the Lord came again to Jonah saying, Go to the great city of Nineveh, announce to its people the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the Lord. He went to Nineveh, which was a large city that would take three days to go through. The capital. Yeah. He began by going one whole day into the city. As he went, he announced, In forty days, Nineveh will be destroyed. But no one listened to him, right? Hmm, you're right. Everyone listened to him! When the king heard the message, he got up from his throne, took off his royal robes, and put on the scratchy clothes called sackcloth, and sat in the dust to show how sorry he was for his sins. Are those, are those clothes so he's not itchy? Um, they are itchy. But they're scratchy. Yeah, it was a way to show that they're sorry, and he sat in the dust, too. And he said, I and my nobles give this order. Don't let people or animals taste anything. That includes your herds and flocks. People and animals must not eat or drink anything. Let people and animals alike be covered 
with the itchy clothes, the clothing of sadness. All of you must call out to God with all your hearts. Stop doing what's evil. Don't harm others. Who knows? God might take pity on us. He might not be angry with us anymore. Then we won't die. The people of Nineveh believed God's warning, so they didn't eat any food for a while. And all of them put on the rough clothing people wear when they're sad. That's what everyone did from the least important of them to the most important. But it didn't do any good, right? Um, it did fine. Like the city wasn't burnt up. Completely. God saw what they did. He saw that they stopped doing what was evil. So he took pity on them. He didn't destroy them as he had said he would. What does pity mean? Pity means that he had compassion for them. He he responded to their sadness over their sin. So Jonah was happy and sailed home to tell everyone the good news that the people of Nineveh were obeying God no. now, right? No. Um, he actually complained to God that they weren't getting... <gasps> And uh, and he grew him by a little leaf. A big Hold leaf. on, we'll get to that part. And then a warning did you open it? So, to Jonah, this seemed very wrong that God would have pity on them. He what? became angry and he prayed, Lord, isn't this exactly what I thought would happen when I was still at home? That is what I tried to prevent by running away to Tarshish. I knew that you're gracious. You're tender and kind. You're slow to get angry. You're full of love. You're a God who takes pity on people. You don't want to destroy them. Lord, take away my life. I'd rather die than live. So did the Lord take away his life? No, he gave him a big life. He wasn't done teaching Jonah yet. But the Lord replied, Is it right for you to be angry? Now Jonah had left the city and sat down at a place east of it, putting some branches over his head for shade. Then he waited to see what would happen to the city. What do you think Jonah thought would happen? (gasps) Then the Lord God sent a leafy plant and made it grow up over Jonah. It gave him more shade for his head so that he was more comfortable. Jonah was very happy he had the leafy plant. But before sunrise the next day, God sent a worm. It chewed the plant so much that it dried up. And when the sun rose, God sent a burning east wind. The sun beat down on Jonah's head and made him very weak. He wanted to die, so he said, I'd rather die than live. There he is, wanting to die again. Again? Yes, But God spoke to Jonah, saying, Is it right for you to be angry about the plant? And did Jonah say, I guess you're right, God. You have the power to do anything you think is right and best. Oh. Sure. Nope. Instead, Jonah said, It's right for me to be angry. In fact, I'm so angry I wish I were dead. But the Lord said, You've been concerned about this plant, but you did not take care of it. You did not make it grow. It grew up in one night and died the next. 
And shouldn't I show concern for the great city of Nineveh? It has more than 120,000 people. They can't tell right from wrong. Nineveh also has a lot of animals. Why do you think God mentioned that Nineveh had a lot of animals? Um, because they did. Not eat them. If Jonah cared more about a shady plant staying alive than a whole city of people God made, maybe he'd at least care about all the animals not being destroyed. So was there anything that surprised you about this story, Finn? I loved it. Yeah. So, Brooke, at the beginning of the story, what did Jonah choose to do when God told him to preach to Nineveh? How is he going again? Did he go to Nineveh? No. Or did he go to Tarshish? How is this? Spain. <laughs> and when the storm came, what did the crew choose to do? Oh, uh, Pray. Pray, to, pray to their gods. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, when they found out what Jonah said, they started praying to the Lord. And then they threw Jonah into the sea. So, what did Jonah do inside the fish? Um, eat the fish and pray. How about when God made the fish spit him out? Um, he threw up. Maybe. That's not what the scripture says. But what did he do? Went to Nineveh. Mm-hmm. And what did he choose to do when he saw that the people of Nineveh turned from their sins? He didn't like it. At all. No. So, let's talk about the real hero. Let's think about what God did in this story. How did he show his power? Hmm. Uh, like, on the boat. Oh! Not sinking it. Like the Titanic. Mm-hmm. And he was the one who sent the big storm. How did he show his power with the fish? He made it spit him out. Right. He kept Jonah safe inside the fish. And then, how did God show his power with the plant? Um, he had it shade him. Yeah, he made it grow up in one day, and then he took it away the next. <laughs> with the worm. So, why is God better than Jonah in this story? Is he all the things Jonah accused him of being? Yes. Do you remember what Jonah said? I knew you're gracious. I knew you were tender and kind. Slow to get angry. Full of love. Great. Should I throw you in that city and burn it up? So, when Jesus came to earth, how did he show what God is like? Like Jonah did? No. At all. How? <gasps> He, um, obeyed. Yeah, Jesus obeyed his heavenly father. And he had compassion for the people, especially for the people who knew that they were sinners. I bet if Jonah had a time-traveling machine, he would never have gone to Tertius, because it's in Spain, which is next to Rome. And Rome was one of the later enemies of Isabel. Unbelievable. <laughs> That's interesting, Finn. It's easy to look at Jonah and think he did a pretty horrible job as God's prophet. But there are times we're more like Jonah than like God. 
We want people who do wrong to get punished rather than forgiven. Maybe even our own brother or sister. I don't want them to. That's good. When we lose a blessing God has given, like Jonah losing that plant, we respond with unbelief or not trusting that what God does is best. Many times we care more about things we want than about people created in his image. That's why we have to keep going back to God's word to know what he's like and what he thinks is important. And what he thinks is important is not always getting what we want, but instead believing that he will do whatever it takes to make us more like Christ until we die and get to be with him forever. So let's ask him to give us his heart for our brothers and sisters and that we would rejoice when they turn from their sin and choose what's right. Let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for being gracious, tender, kind, and full of love. Thank you for sending Jesus to take on himself all your anger over sin so we could be forgiven and live as your children. Would you give us hearts that cheer on our brothers and sisters when they choose what's right and pray for them when they choose what's wrong? Everything you do is best. We love you. Amen. Thank you so much for your help, Finn and Brooke. You're welcome. Do you have a joke before we go? Um, why did the student eat his math book? Why? It was a piece of cake. I have one too. <laughs> I have one too. What did the Isaiah say to the Hosanna? What? Tikka. <laughs> okay, see you soon, raccoon. Bye.